Justin, I'm sorry. No intro today. We just got to get into it. It's it's a packed show, it seems, and I just don't know if we're going to be able to talk about this. I beat Hi-Fi Rush this week. <gasps> you beat Hi-Fi Rush and I your thoughts. I, I loved it. I, I loved, it, like, from start to finish, what a fucking great game. Um... I don't I'm not going to talk specifically about the endings. I don't want to spoil it. Not that I think there's like a whole lot like of like giant things to spoil. Um, but the final boss, I got a question for you. How many tries did it take you to beat him? Um, what was the final boss? I, I know what it was. It, like it was it just the fight on the rooftop. The very I mean, it's just very. I think one. Why? I, it took me 11 tries. Why? I was getting my ass kicked. I don't know. Like. And it was the sort of thing where I beat it the night before Resident Evil came out because I was like, I need to beat this. Otherwise, it's just not like it's just it's going to get shunted down. and I'm going to forget all the combos and everything like that. And um, I it was like 1 a.m. and I was like, I got to beat this. And I was seriously just dying over and over and over again. You know, it could have been because it was 1 a.m. And and, um, and the first thing to go at 1 a.m. are your rhythm skills, I think. That's that's potentially true. Yeah, so the only boss I died on was the coolest boss, which was the Wolfgang fight. Oh, that was also excellent. You you said you mentioned a beat drop or a, a, a needle drop needle moment. drop moment, and boy, wasn't and that that was pretty good. badass. That, that was like one was of one fun. of the top moments in games uh, that I've played in a long time, and it like. I don't know. I I've recently been back on an anime kick, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the the game just like bleeds anime to me, like just the hype levels. Oh yeah. Um, uh, the characters are just awesome. Um, I love the power of friendship uh, that comes through throughout the whole thing. Um, and the canon part, the way they set up the canon part, is one of the funniest like moments. That, that's the thing. <laughs> the game is so funny. It's so like, funny. Like, and I think that's pretty rare with video games um, just because like, it, I don't know, like it's got the timing right. Like the script is so good and it's so like it's so self-aware and silly. You know what I mean? And It's almost like not ironic that a game about like hitting the beat correctly has such good comedic timing. Like it, yeah, it, is, oh, totally. it is really such an important thing with like getting a joke. And I think that's why video games often don't deliver humor well is because it's really hard to get that timing when you have users inputting stuff at different times. Um, but it just all fits so well. Um, it's a pretty chatty game at times with the characters, but I don't mind any of the chattiness. I found myself no, talking no. to every character between every mission to find yeah. out about like what was going on with them. Um I, I I like would love to see this as an anime or as a as a cartoon. I would love this to be a cartoon to develop these characters. A thousand percent. It'd be awesome. I was a little sad that you unlock customization at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Because like, so you can you can customize the guitar that he has, and um, they've got they've got a lot of great guitars in there, and they have. Uh, I, I I just bought myself a a fancy new guitar, uh, and it was in there. Oh, that I was is like, awesome. <laughs> it, I was like if. I had customization unlocked at the beginning of this. This would have been absolutely what I was using. Well, and I um, think this the, the brilliant thing about this that that game is that I don't I button mash a lot in these kind of games and I know I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but like it feels like even when you're button mashing in this game, you got like just the rhythm down of your button mashing in a way that like just made it like work so well and by the end of it you have so many systems that you're juggling, but it doesn't yeah. feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel like you're not in control of it and uh, it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. Highly recommend. And I, I really like that the way that it elevates everything, like by just introducing new elements and new enemies and, and all that sorts of stuff. Um, I think it, like it's just so it's so vibrant. It pops so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent game. The only problem uh, with it. Yeah. 
is yes. There's no platinum trophy, so I don't give a fuck about platinum it. And I might have considered yes. going back. I really might have. Yeah, agreed. Like if it was a PlayStation game, I definitely this would have been one that I probably would have platinum. Yeah, because it seems pretty simple. I mean, like you just have to like there are reasons to replay it too. Like um, there's like, there's all these like hidden areas that you get like the key card for or something like and that. And there's like little mi- literal missions to do afterwards that are like yeah. you can go back and like the level select gets open. You can go back and play it. Um, so don't feel like the, I mean, the game is very obvious about like, oh, we're missing stuff. Don't worry about it. Um, like we'll come back later to do this. Like there's these doors all over it that eventually become these. Um, what do they call them? The like the there's like mysterious signals coming out of them that you open up and you have to do some more yeah. like, like fights and stuff. But yeah. I always like it in a game, though, when, like, the characters explicitly say, like, mm, I don't think we have what we need here for this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And they like, just, like, tell you. They're like, yeah, not now, bud. Um, yeah. And that also tells you that there's going to be a level select, so you don't have to worry about it. Because, like, the first time that happened, I'm like, oh, I can come back and play this later and get all this stuff. Um, yeah. Would you have thought this is a game I would have liked? Not in a million years. <laughs> I'm so surprised you liked it. I'm so happy you liked yeah, it because oh, yeah, I loved yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, no, I, it, it was just one of those that it, it's not my type of genre game that I uh, usually enjoy, but... Um, it was great. Well, did you, I, w- without going into super many spoilers, what was your favorite boss fight? Um, I think that is tough. I I can't say I liked them all because I liked them all. Um, because you're asking me my favorite one. Uh, I'll be honest. I think the first one is really good, and it might be because of the the needle drop moment with the Nine Inch Nails song. Um, which by the way, the final boss fight also has a Nine Inch Nails song. And um, over my <laughs> eleven times into it, I was like, I fucking hate the beginning of this song. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I don't like okay. this song. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I mean, you just hit hit a classical song for me. I know that. I jammed to that yeah. one. But anything else? Seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousands tens, two thousands twenties. Isn't that crazy? There's that many. That, there's that, there's like it just keeps going. There's that many between the seventies and the twenty twenties. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it's like 50 years, right? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, they're so memorable and good. I really like the one, too, with um, the... What was her name? She's on the stage. She's performing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. And she's, like, cool. wearing, like, a butterfly costume. And, yeah. Um, I think one um, of, my favorite was the, the face-off one. The one that was really not a combat boss fight. Oh, yeah, but, like, all the counter stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, a, it's good. a very simple rhythm. And, it like, it's, like, it fits with the story very well. Um, there is one, like, input in that that makes you, like, get an S rank or not. You have to catch the character at the end. Fuck that one Did up. you make nope. it? Nope. I, I <laughs> nope. did, too. I, I totally messed it up. <laughs> Um, I love Hi-Fi Rush. I think I think this is one I'm going to be thinking about. Uh, I I truly enjoyed it, and hey, it's on Game Pass, so uh, give it a shot. Give it a shot. And and hey, even if you don't think it's your type of game, Justin loved it. I did. I really did. Uh, so I I don't know. Maybe maybe that means something to you. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> it's in box. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 137 my name is peter hunts bitek joining me as always my friend and co-host I, I didn't say my wonderful friend i felt like i like I, I was trying to vary it up 
and I just said my friend, and the, but like I felt like I just downgraded you. So my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? What's going on, man? I have two words for you. Hit me with them. Spring break. Spring break. Spring for you. break forever. Um, by the way, that movie is terrible. If you've ever seen Spring Breakers, it is literally a terrible movie. It's with um with is this J- uh, J- James Franco um, James Franco uh, Vanessa and Hudgens uh, 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 Ashley Benson sure Selena yep. Gomez Selena Gomez yep yep Gucci Mane yep it, uh, sure yeah I'll agree with that it is just literally like a trashy movie but the best part about it is the the slow mo montage with James Franco just whispering spring break in the background the whole time. Um, Quite possibly, uh, yeah, one of the mo- more memorable I, moments of a movie. I'm that remembering was this movie because it came out when I was in high school, and it was the sort of thing where it was like, um, I, it was like right at the age when, like, w- when I was beginning to like be allowed to see things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like and, that, and you suddenly like, realize that just because you're allowed to see things doesn't mean you should see things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't end up watching it though. Uh, did, you said it's not good. No, I mean it's it's like a just a, a a just a trashy movie. Yeah, I'm sort of reading a uh, a plot description here, and I think it sounds like James it. James Franco is like a scumbag drug dealer who is like like I don't know dealing drugs and stuff, and like influencing people to to be bad and like not having like you know like not making good choices. It's like you know not great. Spring Break ruins people's lives if you're not careful. That's why you should do what I do and stay inside and play video games. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad at all. We're going to be talking about a lot of video games today, in fact. Um, Here's a preview of the news. We're going to get to it in a minute, but uh, here's a quick preview of it. Resident Evil 4 Remake sells a whole lot of copies. Ubisoft is employing AI to write its games, and Xbox kills its excellent Game Pass deal. We're going to talk about all of those headlines and more uh, in a little bit. Before we hop into our Metacritic Roundup, Here's a reminder to hop into our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jane Nolan, Dave Parker. If you become a deluxe podcast producer, you get an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Um, this week, we're going to look at uh, Chia a little bit more in-depth after talking about it today. Um, and then you also get access to the rest of all of our bonus episodes and all that sort of stuff. So if that's interested to, interesting to you, um, let us know by going to patreon.com slash hitboxpod and um, becoming a patron. If not, all good. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at hitboxpod. Make sure to uh, rate the show in your podcast player of choice. That would help us out a whole lot. Justin, you want to head to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it! Metacritic Roundup. Just one game in the Metacritic Roundup today. It is Have a Nice Death, which is releasing on PC and Switch. There is no score for the Switch. Um, But on PC, it has an 82. Now, I think we saw this at some Nintendo directs maybe, or maybe it was just a different showcase. This is like a very, um, hollow Knight esque sort of 2d, uh, uh, action game. Although I think it's a rogue light. Yeah. So yep. it, it's got that, you know, um, randomly generated and, and all that sort of business. Um, this is, uh, you, you play as the grim reaper. 
Um, and he's like <laughs> overworked with like paperwork and all that sort of stuff, which is like I always I always find it fun when like stories come up with a new way to tell like talk about like here's the Grim Reaper. Like uh, what was that game? Death's Door. Oh, I thought that was fun. That was one of my favorite games of that year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Are you picking this up? 82. Uh, I actually DC? was. I was. I was sitting there um, uh, reading some of the reviews of it, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to actually picking it up. I, I know these are never the types of games I, I finish, but it is something on the Switch. It is something that looks pretty. I hear it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do hear a couple things about it that make make it a little scary. The perma progression isn't great. It takes a long time uh, with a lot of like your permanent boosts because it is a rogue light, which means that you do get some permanent upgrades, right? Uh, I think because a rogue like is nothing. A rogue light is mostly random, randomly generated. Start from yeah, zero. Yeah. Um. So they don't really have that stuff. Uh, and, uh, I hear it's hard, like specifically the bosses, like some of the bosses, like mm-hmm. once, once you get to them are like really, really hard to get through and like learn. And like the rest of the game is like not as difficult. And those bosses and those mini bosses are really the choke point, uh, to a lot of it. So I don't know, uh, this, this is like one of those, those, those classic, if it was on game pass, I would try it out and then see if I like it or not. Um, but, uh, I was on the switch and I was sitting there looking like, ah, dead cells is on sale for pretty cheap with the, with the Castlevania DLC DLC. and then they had this game and I was like, Ooh, that's a tough choice for me. Um, I know dead cells is like one of the the best games ever. Um, I think the it's on game pass too. At least the base version is right. I think, uh, yeah, it is. Um, and anyway, so I was kind of deciding between those two and then by the time I decided, uh, or was like finished decided i was like oh my need to buy this is gone but (laughs) i don't know what are your thoughts um i it's interesting like i get every so often like the roguelite or yeah the road yeah the roguelite like craving um and it is sometimes like like it's satisfied and then it goes away for a while so like you know hades uh hit that for me okay and then returnal pretty much right afterwards um did me up in a very very good way um, but ever since Returnal, I haven't I haven't had a huge desire to um, stick with this this genre. Um, I like the art style for this game. For, oh yeah, uh, have mean, a nice death. It looks it looks beautiful. I mean, like the the lighting in it looks really cool. The animation mm-hmm. style looks really cool. Uh, it's not as um, what's the word like thirsty as um, Hades, but you know I <laughs> no no. <laughs> I would say that like if I had to, like describe this game, it's like if Double Fine made an action game. Yeah, yeah, actually. Do you know what I mean yeah. in terms of like the like the animations and like the way everything's drawn, where it's like kind of cartoony and but like still very stylish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, I. Uh, I. Pr- I probably won't be picking this up. But. Um. There you go. Have a nice day. I mean, if it's the right price, anything is possible for me. Like, who knows? Also, maybe, very fair. Maybe it'll end up being a really funny rhythm game, and I'll love it, and it'll be probably in my top ten of the year, probably top five of the year. Because right now, I'm gonna be honest with you. Hi-Fi Rush definitely in the in the upper one of the games I played this year that are new. I was gonna say. I was. I'm trying to think. Like, I think I've played four new games this year so yeah it's up there for me yeah. like it's for sure in my top four you know yeah, what i mean yeah. i'll say this though it's not number four how's that oh okay oh what oh four is you bomb. that's an ominous number that you just mentioned the four does that have anything to do oh oh you want to talk about resident evil four we could yeah let's do it yeah let's do it <laughs> 
I uh, we talked about it last week. There I found, she is. <laughs> I found this. This is, by the way, uh, I was like, I, you were like talking to me, and I was trying to like respond while also cut this together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like not doing a good job talking to you. I felt so bad, uh, but I couldn't spoil it. I mean, just one more, one more for the uh, for the for the viewer listeners at home. And also the uh, the little icon on my on my stream deck is um, Leon, but the, you know that midriff mod that, that people made. Yep, yep. Suddenly this is all <laughs> so, making so I was sense. Asking you, I was yeah. like, how do you spell midriff? And you're like, what are you looking? At? <laughs> um, um, there were some images, by the way. I'm sure there that. were. Question: Is that from the yes. new uh, remake or the original? So uh, in the two seconds I took to find this image, uh, it is from the original. Um, but I am uh, happy to see that they have. Uh, brought that mod over to the okay, remake. Got it. Got it. Good. 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 Solid. Um, solid. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Resident Evil Four remake. I've been playing. <gasps> I've played a fuck ton of actually because uh, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, "Listen, Friday and Saturday. Is it okay if we don't? Is it okay if we do not? Like, like you, you know, come over. You know, you'll do your thing. I'll do my thing. But like, I think, I think I need, I think I need this." <laughs> <laughs> so we um she was like yeah no problem so literally all day uh friday night and then all day saturday uh was just resident evil 4 and um well it's a good game and i don't know what i was expecting like it's really good <laughs> um it, it, it's it is totally in line with the rest of the like resident evil remakes uh, i am really into those and uh i was a fool to think that i wouldn't be really into this as well um, I mean, it's like, good. Did you? It's good. Did you? What was what was your hesitation going in? Um, I had a few, and I think I talked about them on the show a little bit. Uh, nothing like I, I didn't think that I would not like this. Um, but I would have. I had some questions about like, is this going to be goofy, like in the way that the first one was? And the answer is so far not really. Like he's still kind of a kind of yucks it up in terms of like his like one liners and stuff like that. Um. But it's it's less like now you're going to run away from a giant boulder. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just I've gotten to the castle. So that, that's when it really starts to ramp up in its uh, kind of silliness, uh, at least in my memory. Um, so I guess I, I still have to report back on that. Um, but I was a little worried about that. And then also, like, I think that and, and we've talked about this, that like I know that the over the shoulder, like plant your feet shooting controls do kind of suck but i also think that they're a little bit they are a little bit necessary in terms of like establishing uh like the tone of the game and like it it, it makes uh, like planting your feet and shooting like a very um like deliberate choice and i think that is really essential to um that gameplay loop uh, at least in the original of like okay i'm getting overwhelmed i gotta either shoot or run and trying to figure out what to do with that, I think is um, uh, pretty compelling to be honest with you. And so the fact that it's, uh, you can just sort of walk and shoot at the same time. I mean, you can't walk very fast, but um, the fact that you can still do it, I do, I do think it makes sense when you're modernizing it. Um, but I, I think that deliberate choice of like, okay, now we're going to stop and we're going to shoot uh, is in my opinion, still pretty interesting. It's a good game. Oh, okay. So no, I, I, I didn't know if you had another point. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. So what? What other like in general? What were some of the the updates that you found to be like exceptionally good or different or better? Okay, so it's been a long time since I've played Resident Evil Four. 
I don't like I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything, any of like the story beats or anything like that, because I don't uh, if they are new, they seem like they're really interesting and different. Um, it seems like the story has been like really modified. And again, I don't I don't know if that's because I just don't remember it that well or if um, it really has been. But like, yeah, it is um, a lot of stuff seems to be out of order in terms of like when things happen. Uh, in a way that I think is kind of fun in, in like, I imagine that like diehard fans of the game will be like, Oh weird. This didn't happen. And then later it does happen. You're like, Oh cool. They did it. Um, I think like a really good example of them sort of playing with your expectations like that. Um, I, people get weird about spoilers. Here's a spoiler for some dialogue. Um, <laughs> so if you don't want to hear that, plug your ears and uh, while you're doing that, try and um, think about what matters in life. Uh, but Basically, at the beginning, you're riding in the car with the, the two like local policemen, and one of the uh, cops pulls out a cigarette and offers Leon like, "Hey, do you smoke?" And uh, in the in the remake, he just sort of like brushes him off and he like waves him away. He's like, "No, I'm good." Um, in the original, he like straight up looks at him and he's like, "Don't you know that those will kill you?" <laughs> like brought to you by the fucking Surgeon General, right? <laughs> um, Coming from an American, so, that seems odd, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, right? But so, like uh, uh, in the in, in the original, like that's like an iconic line because it's just so weird right off the bat, like just so like so odd that you would just say that to a stranger, essentially. Um, and then in the remake, you know, he sort of brushes him off, uh, and then later someone asks him, like, "Hey, you got a pack of smokes?" And he's like, "Don't you know that those will kill you?" And it's it's like one of those moments where like they get it. Does, they know. does everyone just stop and look at the camera and like? <laughs> and it, it, that's what it feels like, right? Where it's just like like we know what we're doing with like playing with this sort of stuff, um, and that's the sort of thing I really like. And I think to, again, my memory on like the original game is a little hazy, um, but it seems like they're doing that with a lot of the beats of like the big set pieces that are some of the more memorable ones um, seem to be shifted around a, a fair amount and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, it. It brings to mind like the question of like how necessary is this? Since I think that Resident Evil Four is like is a pretty perfect game, and I know that like there is that grab like that that uh, like counterpoint of like well, what about the controls? And I say like yeah, they are frustrating, um, but I think that if you can take the time to learn them, I, I think that that still makes it. I, I think it's still not terrible. You know what I mean? I mean, from me just playing the beginning of both games recently mm -hmm. in the past like two weeks, I think something like this, it, it like that's a different conversation to me because they're different enough that it updates it enough that it makes it new enough that I think it can like satisfy the old fans, but also bring in new fans or hesitant fans because that is very we've, all, we've all talked about how it's just not as easy to play of a game for a modern gamer anymore. And that can mm -hmm. really stop people from playing it. Um, and I do think they made enough significant changes to combat, to the inventory system, to the questing system, to even how you explore the world, if I'm correct, in some of the areas. I mean, you, you I think so? I mean, you've, you've played more than me. I've only played the demo at this point. But I don't know. I think I, I think there's nothing wrong with updating a, a classic game. And I think, if anything, the sales numbers are showing that it is, like, definitely something that uh, people are liking and people are playing. Um, agreed. Uh, before we talk about sales, I, I think that you actually bring up a really good point about like letting this be, you know, if someone who's 15 or 16, who's, who's really into gaming, no, probably knows about Resident Evil four. Right. Cause I mean, it's just, it's talked about so yeah, much it's one of the as, top games as one of those all time. Yeah. 
Um, you are totally right. I imagine if they go and try to play it, it's like, oh, this is fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> and so you play this and yeah, I think you like, this is a great gateway into it. And then also you play this and it turns out you love it and you go, okay, well, you know what? Let me put up with the oldness of the original to play it. You know? And I, I think that you're, you're totally right that that is a, um, a really solid entry point. I will say the one, the one like, and, and also, sorry. Um, this is this is by all means like a, a good remake. Like don't get me wrong, it, like it is a good remake. I think it like we were saying like adds enough and, and does enough to it. Uh, remixes enough stuff that um, I, I think it is well worth a buy. Um, and, and like I'm satisfied. I play. I paid full price for this. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing it for work. Out of my pocket, I bought this, and I'm super super happy with it. Having a great time. Um, and like I think. Do you know Skill Up? He's a YouTuber. I he do does not. like YouTube reviews and stuff like that. Uh, and and he talked about um, Last of Us Part One, where he basically said he compared it to his love for the movie RoboCop, where he's like, I own so many different versions of RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I've paid a lot more for a lot less in order to love RoboCop and have these different versions of RoboCop in reference to um, Last of Us Part One, the, like the remake. Same thing with this, like. There is a, there are a significant amount of changes, and like if you are the type of person who maybe is skeptical about playing the original, obviously that's still there. But there, like, I've also paid a lot more for a lot less in terms of like actual changes and stuff like that. But the one big gripe I have with this game is that one of my favorite things about the original Resident Evil Four is that the laser sight, uh, as your aimer, as like your aim tool, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, you can get that in the game but it is only you're only able to use it on two different guns oh and like listen i get it like i get you want to have the the reticle for uh the shotgun to, to you know to know how big of a spread you have but i always really liked the laser sight and i was so excited when i was like oh my gosh i can attach this to my weapon whatever and then like the next pistol i picked up and was like well this is the better pistol it's like oh but it can't it can't have a little sight on it and i wish it i wish it could um is the game like so for me one of the things i've always mm-hmm. complained about was the goofiness of it and you said they kind of mm-hmm. remix some stuff like with the cigarette thing to maybe not make the goofiness like right in front but like they kind of put it back in there is the game still goofy um like it's still like cheesy and campy sometimes you, like with like i said with um leon's like little one liners and and whatever um but but it's not like pie in the face yeah i don't know if the original one was ever really pie in the face um, but like, I would say that it, it feels still pretty authentic to what the original one was going for. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, cause I mean, yeah. I, I think that was one of the things that was the most shocking, uh, about Resident Evil two when I was playing that one was how mm-hmm. like they had some like gen- genuinely dramatic moments in there that really like built to like, like some like good character stuff. Like the part where the dad has to kill his daughter, like, and you hear the shotgun, um, it's like right, right away after you leave oh, the yeah. police station. Like that's a very like real moment. Even the whole like, um, like revealing of like what was actually going on in the labs and who Ada was and all that kind of stuff was like done in a way that wasn't like comically like ridiculous. It was done in a way that was like like dramatically significant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw this um, uh, Twitter video of someone said when everyone else would duck, Leon would dot dot dot, and it's two chainsaws coming through a wall. Um, and then instead of like yep. ducking Leon, like does like a, a back 
kick and like spins kicks, yeah, off, the kicks off the wall to avoid them so i'm like okay well still there <laughs> yeah it's still it's still got that like that that to it you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's it's not like it's not super serious that said there are some pretty absolutely unnerving horror sections of it um like i think the the like the opening is a great example of it um i think that village section where you just like survive i don't know figure it out is so unnerving and scary and i think that that uh, is a really good tone setter uh, because then it also ends with him being like, where's everyone going? Bingo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's able to like juggle, like, like actually being like pretty unnerving and, and frightening while also having like those silly little quips and one liners and whatever. Uh, which by the way, did you see that you can, um, you can end that section early if you shoot the bell tower and sound the bell in that section. Is that, so, is like, that in the, in only the, in the remake or is that, yeah, I, I don't know if it's in the original, but they, like the videos were going around on Twitter today of like people doing that and going like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Um, and like, I, I appreciate that attention to detail. And like, it's, it's hard to do unless you have like a sniper yeah, rifle because yeah. the, the tower is far away. But um, I, I think that's that's pretty fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, let's talk real quick about its sales numbers. Uh, so Resident Evil 4 remake is the first of the remakes to outsell their their like its original counterpart um in its like opening weekend so basically um this is an article from gamesindustry.biz by christopher dring uh titled resident evil 4 remake launch 29 percent bigger than the gamecube original um and it basically just goes on to say that in the uk um sales are 29 percent higher for the remake compared to the original which launched launched in uh march of 2005 in the uk um and then, it, but it does go on to like clarify a little bit. Of course, the GameCube Resident Evil 4 was only released on one platform and not a particularly popular one either. However, 100% of its sales were physical, whereas this remake will also will have substantial digital sales. Downloaded data is not included in this report and will be available later in the week. Um, so yeah, and then it, it does go on also to say that none of the other um, Resident Evil remake games have been able to. Uh, outsell their their originals as well um but um and then to to go off of that like the concurrent players are also pretty huge um a GameSpot article by joseph yadden um titled resident evil 4 remake already has most concurrent steam players in series history um they talk about how uh resident evil village peaked at uh 106 000, um and then the remake already has um 200 uh 200,012 uh, Twitch viewers, um, or, and it, wait, no, no, I read this wrong. Um, the remake, I don't know if they say the concurrent numbers. What are the concurrent numbers? Oh, it has surpassed, um, 118,000 already. Um, and it's only been out since the 24th, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's good, man. Yeah. Like, like it is really good. Uh, and, and I know that you were talking about like, um, uh, how how you weren't like such a huge fan of the combat in the uh the resident evil 2 remake uh, and it does like it does still have a lot of that flavor to it but uh it is a lot more like because the game is more combat focused and combat heavy like there's a lot more that you can do and it's not, it's a lot less about just like juking around slow moving zombies and more about like tr like crowd management and trying to figure out what to do about like this that and the other thing but um it's good it's real good in fact so that's Resident Evil 4. Uh, we'll be talking about it more as I uh, get through it. I mean, I'm probably going to finish it this week. I imagine I'm about halfway through. Like, I'm I'm like, I'm trying to take my time, like, go over, like, turn over every single, you know, leave no st stone unturned. 
but um i heard like a completionist run could take upwards of 30 hours yeah i, I guess it if you do I'm all the side quests as to what what the completion is like what what that means in terms of like what you actually need to do i'm doing all the side quests by the way the side quests uh were build as some big thing they're um pretty much nothing give me an egg <laughs> give me an egg yeah, like it's, it's like literally like, yeah, like find the golden egg or which is, which will be like marked on the map or like, hey, um, destroy these five uh, blue pendants. And like, yeah, like that's cool. That was in the original kind of. Um, but but they're, they don't like add like significant like. They're fun, but they don't add a whole lot to to the actual experience. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going over it pretty with with pretty much a fine tooth comb. But uh, I uh, am also in love with it. So well, there you go. <laughs> it's it's gone by. It's good to be in love. You know what I mean? It is. It is. Uh, can we talk about another video game that I love? Persona 5. We can talk about Persona 5. You know, I'm always down. <laughs> I'm always ready. Um, <laughs> Justin, what do you think of Chia? Chia. Chia, the song that you no. are going to like jump off no. a bridge if you hear one more time. I, I just... Every single podcast this week that I've listened to about that's like talking about games is like chit 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 chia, and I'm like, it's not even funny, guys. Like, it's not even a joke. It's just word association. Though it makes you remember the title. I suppose that's true. Because I was first like when I saw this Takaya to cheek to but now I know chia chia colon a game inspired by New Caledonia. That rolls off the tongue. That just rolls off the tongue, but truly does. Do you remember how last week we 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 did the the find a new Caledonia on the map? Yep. This game, game opens. does a fantastic job of telling you where the heck New Caledonia is. <laughs> Yo, dude, this is like oh man, uh, I'm gonna be so interested to hear what you think about this. I love this game, and I like right off the bat when it just like is like, hey, here's what's inspired. Like, here's what this game's about. It's about new, like it's inspired by New Caledonia. New Caledonia. One of the people who like one of the studio heads is from there. Um, they all went there. All the voice actors are people from there. Uh, like it's all based off of that and like folklore and, and all that sort of stuff. I love I love that, that it just like opens with like, hey, here's a, like here's a little bit about what this game is about. Like and, and like the things that inspire it. And I know that like, you know, so much so many of the games that we play are like, you know, Western made and, and whatever. Um I'm not t- entirely sure where um, the Chia studio is based out of. I don't think they're from New Caledonia, but uh, I, like, what a what a fun way to start that and like say, hey, here's a culture that you might not know about, and like here's what you need to know about it, like right off the bat, so that you're like you know exactly what you need to know about this game going forward. Um, I I love this game, dude. I was not expecting to like it so much. I love this game. What do you think about it? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I figured. You were right. uh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like, like it. Like, um, I think from like a cultural standpoint, that's where this game mm-hmm. is shine shines the most. Um, yeah, uh, I I think like that is like clearly like where this what makes this game stand out from other games. I think it's beautiful in a way. Uh, like when mm-hmm. when you're going through certain areas, I think the colors are bright, the sound is bright, everything just looks cool and looks fun and looks awesome. Uh, but the Everything else about it, it's just like okay um, to me uh, in terms of like the moment to moment gameplay that you do with it. Uh, I do like that it is not overwhelmingly large, but it's still large. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like it'd be really easy to make this game like just like insurmountable <laughs> um, with a lot of the stuff. Uh, but like the 
tasks that you have to do, the shrines that you have to do throughout it, everything is, like, fine. It's just, like, doesn't have the clear kind of... I don't... I mean, like, maybe, like, the... Breath of the Wild, what made that game stand out versus this game is the physics system and how they really play with the physics system in Mm -hmm. a unique and interesting way with every aspect of that game. The physics system is at the heart of it from the exploration to the puzzles, to the combat, everything has to deal with its basic, uh, the, the, how you move items, how you fight people, how you do your weapon inventory and stuff. This game, like it's, it's number one selling point is kind of like you get to possess almost anything you see in the world and you get to explore the world with that. Um, yeah. And I feel like that is such a wasted opportunity because it's come down yeah. to me um, either possessing the first inanimate object I can see so I can roll to my destination faster <laughs> or yeah. looking for a bird and possessing that so I can fly to my destination faster. Um, mm-hmm. And like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like I wish I could do more as a pigeon than just have the option to poop. Or, Which is funny, but that you do it once, and you're like, oh, great. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, oh, that's, there's nothing to this, I see. Um, yeah. And there was a couple things at first about it that uh, – let me talk about the good stuff that it does um, before I just talk about like it's a pretty game that is average. Um, the, the way you interact with the world is like – in the map is like a, f- a few tweaks from being amazing. Um, oh, you think so? Okay. Do you not? I love it. Oh, okay. I, okay. Think, I, I, think, I think like – I hear everything you're saying and I agree and I, I will talk about it in a minute, but like, I think that like, it seems like what it's setting out to do, it is doing so love like wonderfully that like, I, I, I love it. Go on. So it's a few tweaks from being amazing. Um, it, w- yeah. it was a little cumbersome at first, but then the more I get to use it, the more kind of fun it is. Can it, you explain just for if for people who okay, haven't played so it yet? Basically, the way the map works is you literally get a map. And usually in a video game, you get a map and you see this cursor of where you are at all times and the direction you're facing going there. You don't get that in this game. You get the map and then you just can like scroll through it. And then you might find your ship um, or you have to kind of guess the general vicinity of where you're at. There's a feature that you can just be like, I think I'm in this circle. And they show you like a giant like quadrant of the map that you could be in. Because it's like based on like landmarks yeah. and like, oh, I'm near the city. Yeah. So like I must so I have be to be in this here? large area. And then throughout yeah. the world, they have these signposts that like give you directions. And when you uh, interact with the signpost, it will like show like a little cartoon figure of you on the map where you were at that signpost. And that little cartoon figure remains by that signpost uh until you get another signpost so you still see like where you were the last time you're at a signpost but you don't that thing doesn't follow you so you never actually have like a live representation of where you are on the map but what you can do is you can like put a pin down somewhere and that pin shows up on your compass and you know the direction that you have to go they have the same thing when you have like a quest that you have to go the direction of that quest is uh, shown around the compass like you would in a game but like you there's no like a path guiding you there it gives you enough guidance without giving you too much guidance but some of the things that make it cumbersome is like i don't know if, if i'm like looking at the map and then i leave and then i come back and I'm like, I'll look at the map a bunch later. I have to like, I'm back at the other end. Like if I fast travel, I the last place I'm looking 
it, the the map when it opens is where I was looking last on the map, not where I currently am or the vicinity where I currently am. Yeah, and it just becomes like uh like okay, I'm gonna move this thing over here, and there's just a few tweaks about it that I like what it's doing. I like that it makes me feel like I'm exploring the world better. I like that it's a better map than you get in Breath of the Wild, which is just icons and you go here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just a little cumbersome at times to a point where it just annoys me slightly. Um, but it's not bad. Like, 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 it's not like the more you play with it, the more you get used to it. And the more you get used to it, the more you realize how it's unique and novel. And, and I think what, like the map really sells a lot of the experience for me as well. Um, because I think that like, first and foremost, this is a game about a place. You know what I mean? It is about, it is a love letter to this, these islands. Right. Uh, cause I, I think that like the actual like in game setting is fictional. It's my understanding from the beginning of the game. It's like this is like a fictional like island, but like it is all inspired like directly by New Caledonia and New Caledonian Islands. And basically like because the game does not say, hey, here's where you are. Here's exactly where you need to go. It really makes you like look at what you like, at where you are and you're like i'm using the compass to figure out like oh no okay overshot like i'm at the path now i, I was looking for this little stamina fruit that increases my abilities to, to hang on and use my my paraglider um and and like it just really makes you because it doesn't give you super um explicit instructions as to where you are it really makes you look around and really understand where you are and find that sense of place and go like oh like it, it makes you so familiar with the the different areas of the map i spent a lot of time in that first island the northern one and so like now i know where to go like i know where everything is on that island second one the the southern island i haven't like i've just been sort of ex- starting to explore that now because like that's where more of the quest stuff is and i'm loving so much of that uh of like exploring around and everything like that and i think that um there's the potential for people to sort of miss what chia is going for um, by saying like, like, oh, I'm just like, I'm becoming a bird just so I can just fly exactly where I need to go. And like, yeah, but you're missing the point. You know, like, like, I, I think that I would, I agree with you. I think it's a gripe of like, well, the soul jumping stuff just isn't that interesting. Right. And like the only thing to transform into really is a rock. So you could just roll fast or preferably become a bird so you can fly fast, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think like, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, um, but I think that people could potentially miss the point of like enjoying the exploration of this place and enjoying being like put in this specific place and seeing all the little details that I'm sure are direct references to the place. Like all the food items you can stop and get like at like little food stands and it all looks delicious. And I assume that it's all just like directly lifted from New Caledonia. Yeah, cuisine, when you, you know? when you go to like one of the the shops, I think um, they'll literally you'll eat the food and they'll have the name of the dish on the yeah, like on the table underneath, underneath it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like like what a what a sweet little touch that you know if you're just flying over everything directly to the next objective, like you're not gonna get that. Uh, and then also I think if you're just mainlining the objectives for like the story, it's like a fun little story. I guess, but it is not like a gripping edge of your seat narrative. It's like, it's like a fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like, so I I think that if you just mainline the story and, and fly and, and not spend any time in the actual world, you're going to totally miss the point of this game. Um, and for that reason, like for the, the stuff that it's doing with like just being a, a real love letter to a specific place, um, and like 
showing me all about that place. I don't know fucking anything about New Caledonia. Now I know where it is from last week's hitbox. And now I know about the food they eat. And I know that like they speak two different languages there. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's it's really cool for with, with all that sort of stuff. I'm going to add, you got to remember it's a fairy tale. Like, like it's, it is a fairy tale, yep. right? But I'm playing the game at the very beginning. And you have this like, this nice little like relaxing kind of island thing going on. And all of a sudden this helicopter made of wood and vines comes like, (laughs) like it looks like a goblin made it or something that it's like coming down. And then there's these like, I don't know, fabric creatures like on it, like coming Mm -hmm. off. And I'm like, okay, so is everything that I just was thinking was like the new Caledonia? Is it just actually just like fairy tale land? Like it like is just flirting on realism enough that it's like that uh, modern day uh, fantasy. What there's a name for that? Um, I can't think of it. Magical realism. Magical realism. Yeah, it's yeah. like the magical realism that is just. It just took me away from what I thought the initial point was. Like here's this island, but there's also these fabric monsters and this like this like magical thing up in the air. When they, I think they could have easily have done that um, without it. But maybe where the story goes, it kind of explains that a little bit more. And maybe they are people like like part of their. Um, their uh, narrative is about like this, like uh, magical realism um, in the world um, or something. But I don't know. It just seemed a little out of place when that helicopter came for the first time. And then I was taken out of like, this is just a pretty island. Yes, I, I, it's definitely like drops the it, it is. It is. You've not gotten to it yet. You go you go full fairy tale uh, in certain aspects to it. Um yeah, because it's it is about you know as the premise is you're trying to get your dad back from the bad guy. Um, yeah, Miyavara. And uh, can I say I'm not going to spoil anything here. Um, I think there should be an ESRB rating thing for violence against children and babies um, because there's some shit that happens that is like very shocking uh, in a game that's rated T and I don't think it should be rated M, but I just think having something saying, Hey, uh, just so you know, uh, violence against children (laughs) in in a upsetting way. And like, this is the kind of like violence too, in a certain way that you get in the game. Like this is maybe a light spoiler. If you don't want to hear anything about it, tune out for like 30 seconds. There's, you have to get a, a, bring a dead chicken back. um, Yeah. To like make an offering to see someone and like, the the character you get the chicken from literally just cuts its head off. You don't see the cutoff, but you see the body of the chicken go down with its like neck bone just hanging neck out yeah. and occasionally blood doing and it just keeps walking around. And they're like, oh yeah, they walk around for a while. And it's like this oddly horrific yet they made a joke out of it thing that is just unsettling with how like sweet of a moment you just had with this other little girl. <laughs> like as you're like sitting and like taking in the sights and you just have this like like gushing blood headless chicken running around. But it, uh, what I like about that, though, too, is it's uh, like I imagine that's a cultural thing, right? Like if they're always dealing with chickens and if they're beheading chickens that they can eat or, or make offerings or whatever, like it's probably just a pretty passe thing for them. You know what I mean? And, and, and so for us, we're like, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy. But like I imagine if if that's the case, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Well, no, like, I, yeah, like, I get I get that 100 percent. But like it's played for laughter. In like a yes, weird way, one hundred percent. And in, like in a way it's, that it's, it's like, like ah. just disturbing enough. Like not so much that they're killing a chicken. The fact that they like <laughs> just have it like run around <laughs> like that with the blood coming out. Like there was a million different ways that they could have done that that didn't feel so like gory, but like also funny. Like it was just it's like a weird vibe. 
It's the first uh, T-rated game that I've ever seen. I'm fascinated by ESRB ratings, by the way. It's the first T-rated game that I've ever seen be, be, like that's rated for blood and gore. Because usually, you have <laughs> yeah. gore, you, whenever you have gore in a game, it's like, hey, you know, it's M-rated. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I uh, I love this game. It's just it, it's. I think it's just so. Um, it's clear that the people who made it love this place. And they, that they were trying to make this place. You know, I've never been to New Caledonia. I may never go to New Caledonia. But like, so, I, you know, maybe it's not super, super accurate in terms of their portrayal. But for me, if they're saying, hey, we made this game and it's it's accurate, like it feels like a completely different, interesting culture that I've I've just had a lot of fun um, diving deep into and, and just like enjoying the, the beauty of the game they made. Like, like. So it, it, when talking about like people who are just going to fly from objective to objective and go like, eh, I didn't really like it. It wasn't really a good open world game. It's like, like I said, I think it's missing the point. Like I noticed recently, like, oh, wow, the clouds move and change. And I know that's such a small thing. And like, you know, you could say, like, who cares? Like in video games, we can have a, a million things happen. Like, who cares about the clouds? But I don't know. It was just like a nice like, oh, they really thought about how, what the clouds would look like here. And I'm sure that they took notes of how the clouds work. And, and behave out there you know what i'm saying yeah yeah um one more kind of like there's it's buggy i don't know how many times you or an item has yeah, gotten stuck bit. in a world uh that kind of has bothered me a little bit nothing like game breaking but just like there was a time i was sailing my boat and then i was like there's like all these like caution signs like as you're going through it and my boat literally got stuck on the caution sign and yeah. you might think like oh if you just like turn around you can get unstuck from it no like there's no. literally the signpost was in the middle of it and it would pivot around the signpost and if you turned it to a certain thing it started to violently like shake in like a really weird funny uncomfortable way if you are a patreon member i can show you the video clip i took of that um so that would be a little bit of a, a tease for our uh, patreon um but like so there's moments like that and a couple things get stuck occasionally and, and everything um i feel like the combat is kind of lame at times i think this game shouldn't have combat yeah, there's like yeah you fight the the cloth monsters that you were talking about earlier in these like little like they're like four of them hanging out at a little encampment and basically you soul jump into like a lantern or a can of gasoline and you just fucking light them on fire at like it adds nothing it's it, it's like, it's, I don't know how I, you do it, but I like basically go in a lantern, explode the lantern, I fly up in the air, and I ragdoll to the Hop ground, to another one. get to the next <laughs> the one. The ragdolling in this game, by the way, is fucking great. <laughs> she fucking brutally just like, poof, on the ground. It's, it's, I, it makes me laugh every time. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, it's nothing. And it's, then it's the nothing. boat sailing is like an interesting mechanic enough. There's three stations on a boat that you have to deal with. You have yeah, the, the like sail to increase the speed. You have the... Uh, Utter? It's not the utter. It's the it's the, <laughs> the, the rudder. The rudder. rudder that's it. R? It's the yeah, rudder okay. that steers it, and then you have the anchor that stops it. Um, and like, while in theory it works, like I think that's cool, and I like that like simple immersion to like just make it not just simple like pressing A to go forward. There's so many times when the you get stuck on the wrong one. Like I'm at the rudder, and then I want to get off of it to go to the sail, so I leave it, and then I go to the sail, but I haven't walked far enough, and I go backwards like a couple steps to yeah. hit the the rudder again. Same thing with the with the um thing. Like I get like that like I don't not like this game. It's just like okay in terms of, like, the gameplay stuff from it. But, like, the world and stuff and the exploring and stuff. And, like, are you kidding me? I love Breath of the Wild. This is just more of that kind of exploring the world in a beautiful place with some nice music in the background. I eat this shit yeah. up. I wish it was on the Switch. Thank you. He, he, he yields his time, everyone. Yeah, thank you. 
Uh, I think that's all we're going to say about Chia. If you uh, want to hear more, uh, we're, we're talking about it even more on our uh, Patreon exclusive uh, episode this week. Justin, let's talk about the news. Let's do it. Multiverses, a video game that uh, you, if I'm remembering correctly, are a pretty big fan of. Um, so it's shutting down. But wait, hold on a second. Not forever. It's closing its beta in June, and then it's going to relaunch its 1.0 later in 2024. Um, in June tw- on June 25th, uh, the game is going down, but it's not going down for good. It's just going to be relaunching uh, for its 1.0 version in 2024. Um, I, as a fan of this game, Justin, I, and just a general video game enthusiast... How do you take this news? What, what what does this make you think? Um, so if you remember, like just like looking through news, uh, like multiverses player counts have been plummeting. Um, yeah. It went from when it first launched, it was one of the more like successful free to play games in terms of like uh player count, and now it's it was really really low, like concerningly low. And then all of a sudden that they're like, hey, we're uh we're we have a our uh, open beta is shutting down, and we're gonna actually launch the real game um next year in early 2024 um and to me this seems like wasn't it wasn't the plan it seems to me they're using this as a moment to be like we got to fix something we've run out of stuff for people to be interested and engaged with it and we got to do something else when we release the actual game maybe that's going to make mean it's not going to be free to play Maybe that means they're going to be changing how they dole out content, or maybe they just need time to catch up so they get more characters out there. Um, But I think this is one of the problems with every company trying to chase Fortnite is that what Fortnite does that is brilliant in terms of it being one of the longest lasting free to play games is that nothing you get or pay for impacts gameplay at all Mm -hmm. it is all cosmetic it is all cosmetics you want because they're awesome um the battle passes themselves you get cool stuff from them but it's not like it changes your gameplay experience you are still on the same playing field as everyone else at the start of that match that is not the case in multiverses the more characters they unlock the more of a paywall there is behind it the more it de-incentivizes new users from doing it because it's like oh well, i don't have the new character i have to pay money to do this well yeah i'm just using superman again whatever um i have to put all this time into it to unlock these other characters and stuff and yeah you can still grind to get this currency but like that's not the you don't want to grind for two weeks when a character gets released to get it just to have people stop talking about that new character because it took you forever to unlock it for free. So I think the things that stopped me from playing it were partially that. I wasn't going to spend money on this because I guess I'm a bad fan. Um, And the other thing is that thing that really killed me was the, I I got so into, I I forget what version it was, but they like rebalanced everything and it like made characters significantly worse and changed. And I'm like, I'm not the kind of person who can like learn all this stuff again and then plus be behind because I don't have the right characters. And then all of a sudden the meta is saying that these paid for characters are the better characters. So I have to do those characters, but I had paid for the characters that were currently the better characters or not paid for. I unlocked them with the free currency, but now they're not good anymore. So I have these unlocked crappy characters and all these other ones. So I just think the model itself needs needs to be looked at. 
Um, because yeah, free to play is cool. It gets people in there, but like if you start sectioning off content like this, it's not going to sustain the free to play audience. I, I think it's, it, I don't know if we talked about this as well with like the closure of all of those games that we were talking about mm, I don't know, yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago. Um, I think at a certain point, there's only so much free time that people have. Right. And, and like at a certain point, like people are just going to go back to Fortnite because that's what they know. They're going to go back to Apex Legends. They're going to go back to PUBG and the Call of Duty one. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there are enough people who are going to be like playing this for it to be able to sustain that. Does that make sense? Um, and and it, yeah, I, people people are, 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 I think, kind of rightfully upset. Um, basically saying that, you know, it would be cool if we could get some refunds. Um, so someone uh, responded. I don't know who this is. Uh, Wrench D. They're verified on Twitter. Who are you? Are you a, no, a legacy verified account? So potentially <laughs> somewhat interesting. Um, <laughs> Twitter fucking blows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they responded to, to Multiverse's official Twitter account. that's uh, announcing that they're closing the beta uh, by saying, can I get a refund for the hundred dollar founder pack in that case? Um, and, uh, and people are talking about it on Reddit as well. Uh, it, cause it's going off for at least six months. Cause they say it's launching in early 2024. Uh, going offline in June. So at least six months, it's going to be offline. Um, but then there are questions too, about like, is it even going to come back? Like, you know, if, if they were having like, if they were tanking in terms of player numbers and stuff like that, uh, before the game even launched, like, is it even going to come back? And, and like, you know, you look at the, the closure of all these other games and like, it just seems like it's not a great space right now because it, I think people have like reached their maximum capacity for the amount of these sorts of games that they're willing to play. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I'm not going to, when this, if slash when this comes out again, like I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. Like it just doesn't really seem like, I don't know. Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh yeah. No, I know. It's like, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Is, so I guess that's a, that's a good question for you. Is there anything that they could do to make you want to pick this up when they relaunch it in 2024? No, um, no, and I would say things that could get me on board with it are not realistic things for me to want. Things that I would love would be to have more single player content, more mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, the one of the things that I love Smash for, um, as stupid as it was, were those the stickers, the trophy, the, were these stickers that yeah. you get? Um, or the st- spirits? Spirits, yeah, the spirits. Um, yeah. I got like obsessed with getting those spirits. Whenever they'd have new ones come out, I'd be like, I got to collect these. That would be a complete single-player thing that was just something I would go back to. Even the spirit, the single-player game in that, it was, again, it's stupid, but it gives you something to do um, to, to – yeah, it's a free-to-play game, but it gives you something to do, and it's high-quality content. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in that. And, I mean, oh, yeah, you're just saying it's a spirit. It's like a stupid, like, 2D cutout. But they had challenges involved with all of them. Whenever you get a DLC pack, I look forward to looking at their spirit challenges that they would have associated mm-hmm. with those with those um, DLC characters because they would be, like, they'd do creative things to get, like, the other characters involved. This one, it is all online. And when you have the game that is all online, the thing that you care about is the important stuff like which characters are viable to play online, which characters right. are the good characters to play. Um, and then if it turns out that some of those characters are behind a, a paywall of any sort or behind a grind session of any sort, it's just not going to keep people coming back to this because they're going to go online, get their ass kicked, and then be like, oh, this isn't fun. I can't even train or get better with single player because the only single player they have are like some like basic, like uh, I think it's like a training mode lab, I think it 
was in multiverses that you could do. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, it would have to take a lot. Um, but I think if they would release the whole roster, um, if they would release some single-player content, I might consider, if it's the right price, if they have it as a price and not free-to-play, buying it. Um, but if it's not, and if it's something that keeps doing this like free-to-play model that is going to nickel and dime me to death for the rest of its lifestyle, that's not going to sustain me um, long-term. So single-player and then full roster at a price is what I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. You seem so sad, and you didn't even really play the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sad. I just, I just I, like, um, this is like, <laughs> this is. It, it's just. It's such a weird situation. Um, and also, I, I mean, like, I know that like games will be in early access for like extended periods of time before launching. Um, but like, you think about like, oh my gosh, this game came like launched the beta launch in 2022. And then in 2024, the final game is coming out. You know what I mean? Like, and, and when you think about like, truly what is actually going to be different, like to, to anyone who's just like glancing at it, nothing, right? Like for me, like someone like me who I played it went, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. Uh, and then moved on. Like when this eventually does come out, if it does come out, like I'm going to have the same exact, like, nope, I, there's nothing that they could do to get me into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, but has there ever been a situation like this before? Like when, no. when a game that was like in a closed uh, beta and then I guess it was an open beta, but like you could like significantly spend a lot of money on this game and you could put significant amounts of money in it and they just take it down for six months at least. I mean, I'm assuming it's going down and they're going to get out in January, which I don't think that's possible. Like that seems right. to me like a very predatory thing that I, I'm not like, even if this is for the best of the future of this game, I'm not going to trust these these people again that they're not going to do something like this and why would i ever put money back into this game um if they can just shut it down if it doesn't have enough players in the future like there's no reason for I me will, to do that they will i will say they did say that um all purchase items and progressions progression will be carried over uh, for the for the final launch but but I, your point remains like it's it's like that that yes good that should be fucking yeah yes yeah. you should like that is the minimum right but yeah no i i think you're 100 on the money here like yeah, I mean, right? Like, it's just so fast to to open and close. And then the question of, like, and not even having, like, you know, just saying early 2024. You know, you're right. It could be January 1st. Or it could be. Or it could be, you know, early 2024. When does it even come? Like, are we in early 2024, 2023? I would say maybe. It feels like, it feels like it's, it's 2033 has been happening forever. But then it's also, like, only March. But then I'm also like, wait, it's already March. You know what I mean? <laughs> A thousand percent. I'm yeah. very confused. But But, right. Like, it's just that whole question of, like... We won't be see we won't be seeing this game its full release until probably around a year from right now. A year from right now, my life is going to be very different. I think, like, just in terms of like what my life is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, think about where you're going to be a year from now. Like, that's crazy. You're I mean, a teacher, so you're I was, I was like, the easy answer is that uh, my life will be different. The sad answer is it might not be. And I, I, I you, but really... you, like, you'll have a house by then, probably, right? Like. Like, I hope. Think about where you were a year. Like, think about where you were like last year, right now, right? Like, I didn't have this this was, metal ring on my finger. Yeah, you weren't married. I, I was fucking not like I wasn't making money doing like writing like like crazy. It's what I'm trying to say. I didn't have a job. It was fucking crazy, man. Um, so yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> uh, let's talk about Ubisoft. Uh, they announced uh, that they are not going to be attending E3 2023. Uh, and instead, they're going to be hosting their own uh, live streamed event in June. Um, this, I think, is a pretty big blow for E3. Um, I mean, you know, Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony all said, hey, we're not going to be at E3 this year. A lot of people are like, that is the death of E3. Uh, I would probably I when when that, that was announced, I think we talked about like, yeah, well, you know, you're still going to have your EA is probably going to be there. Ubisoft will probably be there. Um insert other big publisher will be there and then you know you got the full like the full lineup of indie games like that's huge and, and everything um but at this point like okay e ubisoft's not gonna be there like that is the i think the start of these more like these bigger publishers also sort of dipping out and whatnot um what do you what do you think i mean i'm trying to find out like who literally is going to be at this show at this point like who are like who's going to be there are people gonna care um like is Jeff Keighley going to win the uh, presentation because people are just going to give him leaks and his like award show is going to be awesome um, or things like I like to me, like what is E3 anymore? Well, I think that's the big question. Uh, also, it's worth pointing out that uh, Ubisoft said last month that like we will be going to E3 and then are now like we are not going to E3. Yeah, and <laughs> they're going to move in a different direction, uh, according to VDC, but. Yeah, no, I think I think you're asking the right question. I think you're asking a question that E3, the because uh, uh, who's in charge of it now? It's not the ESA anymore. It is Reed Pop. Um, Reed Pop. Yes, uh, I'm going to C2E2 this weekend. That's a Reed Pop event. Like, I, I think that like they need to be asking themselves, what is E3, and like what what are we going to do with E3? And I think the big thing for that could potentially be like, am I just have to turn into a fan thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where like the big publishers just aren't really there or like, you know, big publishers, some of them might be there, you know, EA might be there. Activision might be there. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be more indie games. And then also just a, a big fan, um, convention, you know what I mean? Uh, which is weird. Cause you know, it, it, up until this point has been an industry event, you know what I mean? Which is very different than a fan thing. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I don't know, like, like, yeah, uh, for summer games fest, uh, one of these big publishers might join in, but like Nintendo won't, you know what I mean? I don't think Sony would either. Sony might give them something for summer games best, but like, I think Microsoft's really the only one who would want to play ball. But even then, if, if they're having to compete against everything else, then maybe they just do their own showcase and, and let summer games fest be another sort of E3 type thing as well. I'm going to, I'm going to say like um, two hats here as a fan. This is sad as yeah. everyone else like specifically these these publishers i think this is a good thing um i think there's so many times when um announcements have been pushed and rushed for these uh big media events that they have that it creates unnecessary stress on the studios to try to fit deadline fill deadlines the studios feel like they need to have announcements because they didn't have announcements oh no you didn't announce yeah. anything you didn't give a date to this oh no and then for showing something cool they they get flack for it because they did not show enough and then at a certain point what is enough like is it everything you want to shadow drop like is it the only way to make people happy like oh in breath of the wild you can have it right now in fact it's already in your switch and you like open up your switch right. and it like the tears of the kingdom starts playing on it like i, I think I, I think it's cool for a fan to experience these press conferences but i think almost everything else about it is bad for the industry other than getting eyes on it but like we have this thing called the internet and guess what eyes get on things now 
whether yeah. whether we have E3 or not. So I think if anything, it's just it's it's stopping these companies from feeling like they have to announce things that aren't coming out to like that close too soon. And then we have more delays and things get pushed back. And I think we're just in a world where things it's harder to stick to a schedule. It's not smart to stick to a schedule. And when you don't have clear dates on stuff and when things are getting released, these press conferences only create more resentment between the consumer and the publishers. So I think this makes sense. Do a press conference when you're ready. You can control the, the – it's cheaper. You can control the message, and you can control when it is. I think the one thing the, the one thing that's really going to hurt with that sort of change, though, this sort of change is uh, indie devs and publishers because so much networking was going on behind the scenes with that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're an indie developer, like you're – how do you get in the door to, to be a, like, you know, put on Game Pass, to be to find a publisher? You know what I mean? Like – E3, I think, did a lot for those t- those types of people of just saying like, hey, you know, we're going to be we're going to jump in and do this. You know, we're, I'm meeting you. Hey, I've got a game. Come play our game. OK, cool. We're going to publish your game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But- and so the death of that, I, the death of in-person events for that sort of networking industry stuff, I think, is is um, probably going to maybe impact things not in a very super public way, but still impact them. Well, I mean, even like there's still gaming events and stuff that are out there. Um the, the things that right. are happening that that still allow for that kind of stuff didn't gdc just happen yeah it's not completely gone but you're saying okay listen we are in you know this indie development company studio we can we have can afford for two people to go to one conference this year where do we go the answer used to be e3 no matter what right now it's like do we go to gdc do we go to pax i don't like it's not there's not like the one big one that makes sense because you know all of the big people are going to be there to do whatever do you know what i'm saying like yeah and i don't think you're wrong like like obviously yes this isn't like the death of all industry events and whatever but i think it is still potentially kind of tricky well and Uh, you be so i was just going to add too but like think about how many times in these um like summer game fest digital things that they still are able to highlight these indie games to get them there and while yeah you don't necessarily get the networking with the adults talking to adults you you get at least their names out there um for Mm -hmm. people to see and still can get interest and stuff i just think we're moving to a place where digital marketing is way more important and cheaper and efficient than um in-person marketing which might be an interesting transition for the next story you're about to mention (laughs) Yeah, and and it's interesting. Like for for the same reason, for the same counters that I'm gonna have for this next story, it's like you're you're probably right. Like it is probably more efficient, more cost effective, whatever. But there is something that you miss out on when you don't like oh. when you have a large group of people in the same room, right? Like that are all like seeing this thing for the first time, or all being able to actually play the demo for the first time, and you're able to see, watch them in person do whatever. You know what I mean? Um, we were. Uh, I was at a. Uh uh, a state uh, competition and they had a state winning film short film like a five minute short film being played and like you, you know you can watch it yourself you can judge it yourself you can see it yourself but they played it in an auditorium filled with 850 high schoolers and the yeah. reactions that the film got were like amazing like yeah. they laughed at every part they were supposed to laugh at. They clapped at the end, just like having those emotions about the in-person thing. And I, I know 100%. I'm a communications guy. I'm a communication. Uh, my, my, I got a master's in communication. I, I do communication, you know, 90% of my days. 
Um, I think there is definitely face-to-face stuff that's important, um, that is huge, that is like industry, like that is important for any industry that you're in, not just video games or anything. But um, money is also a factor. (laughs) A a, a thousand percent. And I will say like... um I, I will say that, you know, for in terms of like funding and whatever, like it, it is tough to figure out how, where to go, what to do, whatever. But uh, Ubisoft uh, has a, a new AI writing tool that it uh, debuted and showed off at GDC called Ghostwriter, um, where basically they are. It is an AI tool that helps them write um, like non cinematic, like like. NPC barks, if that makes sense. So like you're walking down the street and you get someone going like, Hey, I'm walking here. Like that sort of like dialogue. It's not for like lore or for like, a uh, like flavor text that you're going to find or for, um, like actual stories or cinematics or anything like that. It's more of just like for additional dialogue and stuff like that. Uh, and so ghostwriter was shown off at GDC. Um, and uh it has had a pretty negative response and listen like i'm on board of the idea of like hey fucking invest in real writers invest in real people to write and and stuff like that um but it seems that there's more to the story than just saying this is an ai writing tool because um Ubisoft LaForge researcher Ben Swanson, who is the person who was showing it off at GDC, um, really emphasized like it still requires people to use. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to understand how like chat generators work like and stuff like that. I'm, I'm hesitant to call them like AI because they're not right. Like chat GBT is not an AI. It is a chat bot. Um, it's not thinking right. It is just regurgitating text. Um and that's what this is. So I'm not entirely sure how this will impact people's jobs and stuff like that, but it seems like it's the sort of thing that could be used to just make the process of coming up with that additional dialogue a little bit easier. Um, that said, if you told me that all of the Ubisoft games for the past five years, five, 10 years have been written by AI, I would have believed you a thousand percent. I would have been like, yep, that tracks. Uh, what do you think of this? Um, I think this is uh, uh, folks, the genie is out of the bottle with this stuff. It's not going back. Yeah. People are only going to keep iterating. And the first company that can accurately make a dialogue generator AI is going to make a lot of money, whether that's Ubisoft, whether that's Microsoft, whether that's some company that we don't even know about that exists yet. Um, the There's money in this, and it's going to only keep happening and keep getting better. Um, I understand, like, the 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 negatives about it, the human cost to it. Um, and I think a lot of people who like uh, counter like, well, you know, you still need smart people to be able to input into this generator to get mm-hmm. good results. Like you almost need to have a programming language that you create in order to get the right results out of this stuff. That's where we're at with this now. I mean, eventually, the longer this stuff goes, the less you're going to have to be that specific with it. Um, I, I we, we talked about this on one of our uh, bonus episodes um, for Patreon uh, subscribers, um, in which we actually like were like writing scripts and stuff using um, ChatGPT, and um, a lot of it's basic. Um, but I remember using the Cran AI, which was the you can like make pictures of stuff. I used it last summer Mm -hmm. and the pictures you got from it were like weird and like blobby and like not good. Have you tried that recently? Because it's still blobby, but it's better. And sure. 
every like iteration of this stuff, it's only going to get better. And eventually, this is something that ironic that Ubisoft is doing this, but like this is something that can help smaller studios compete with bigger studios to have you know a, a studio of like three people will be able to have a team of people working behind them that are computers <laughs> um, that can yeah. help create uh, dialogue and stories and worlds that they couldn't do otherwise. Um, and like, I'm not saying that this is a good thing and I, there's definitely a real human issue that's going to be coming up with this stuff, but I always reckon it to the same thing that happened when computers were invented. People were afraid of computers when they first invented. Can you imagine your life without a computer now? Right. Right. And it changed jobs. It probably replaced some jobs. Heck, I was replaced by a machine at one point when I was working at the movie theater. Um, Like I used to be a projectionist Mm -hmm. and then eventually I was they had a computer do all that stuff. So I didn't have to like run film anymore. So I don't know. I think my opinion about all this stuff is that there it's going to change industries. That doesn't mean it's going to place the need for humans in certain places. Um, how we interact with with it is going to always be important. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird, interesting precipice that we're on, a starting point of something new and interesting. I'm fascinated yeah. by where it's going. Um, not in terms of like, I think it's the, the best thing ever, but it's just, this is like, this is a, a techno- technological jump in our society in a way that, Whatever comes next, it's already happening. We got to like just look, adapt, and react. Yeah, and and I think I think that the uh, general nervousness that a lot of people have towards this stuff uh, is very warranted, especially with with a studio like Ubisoft, who I think is fine cutting corners in certain regards. You know what I mean? And saying and fine looking at things and going like, okay, we're just gonna scrap these people because we got AI to, to do this job now, right? Like I think automation, like like you said, you know does replace jobs and and whatever. And I think it's just something to be cautious of and wary of. Um, But this, this one in particular, like I think it's, it's a little too early to know what sort of ramifications it's going to have. Obviously it's Ubisoft's job as the producer of this new tech to go like, no, 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 it'll all be fine. Like, don't worry. This will not impact anyone's jobs. Like that's their job right now to, to make sure that people are comfortable enough to be interested in it. Um, But uh, yeah, I, uh, We'll see. We'll see. Um, I think a funny thing, too, is that it's Ubisoft. And as you joked, it's not like their writing is great, you know, to begin to begin with. Like, yeah, some of it's indistinguishable from AI stuff. No offense to the writers on Ubisoft projects. But like, can you imagine if Naughty Dog came out and did this? Like, we're creating their next <laughs> Last of Us. And this, you know, not only will you see Ellie put on a shirt and every character take off all their clothing and put it back on perfectly. You will also have dialogue written by an ai bomb you know like <laughs> but it'll just be it'll just be like the fucking G- chat gpt stuff that we came up with is like hello ellie how are you doing today and it's like i am good how are you doing today and it's like i am also good <laughs> like well yeah. and, but you know programming jobs weren't really a thing you know 70 years ago like it like yeah. if you were a programmer that was such a niche field now like programming is like a huge a huge job, a huge market that came up from this stuff. So I don't know. Um, Be wary, but there, this is not the end. This is just a a change. As I will say, as a writer specifically, this sort of stuff always makes me nervous um, just because executives do not see the appeal. Like they just don't understand the uh, value of having human beings read and write and 
connect and, and talk to other people. They're like, well, if an AI can just write this, we'll just do that. And like, oh no, <laughs> no, it's really important to have a human being who like has a memory and has context and ha- is able to like interpret and analyze something. Yeah. I don't want to be this guy, but be this guy. I would say like you are like an exceptional worker. Do you ever like you. look around at your coworkers sometimes and like note that they are not as exceptional as you? I refuse to talk poorly about anyone I work with, but yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Like, like I think that, that, you know, there's always like people, I'm not saying that this is necessarily me, but I always think that there are going to be people who are willing to go above and beyond for something and, and people who are willing to just sort of, uh, coast. And I'm not trying to say that again, like I'm not, that's me sometimes for like when I worked at fucking old Navy, that was me. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm here to get paid and whatever. And that's fine. Uh, and there are people who work similar jobs to me who do the same thing. Right. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a moral judgment or anything like that, but, um, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Justin Microsoft, you know them, we know them. Um, do they have an AI they yet? S- uh no 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 it's good uh, a new one just popped up google bar yeah i'm actually um, I'm, I'm on that uh on that beta so you know I'm, oh, are you I'm really it, you know what i mean <laughs> tell me tell me what you think about it when off air because uh, <laughs> I, I was writing about it today or not, uh yesterday i'm um, just like hey you can sign up for this now <laughs> um it has some difficulty it has some difficulty it fucking when they showed it off in february uh, just straight up answered a question incorrectly. It was like, who discovered this? It's a planet thing. And they just like didn't have the answer. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so Google it, man. Um, Microsoft. No, they uh, they are they are discontinuing their one dollar Game Pass trial. Uh, if you remember, it was one dollar for three months of um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, which is awesome. And it, it was three months, right? One dollar for three months. Yeah. Uh, or maybe no, it was just one dollar for the first month. month. Yeah, um, and then it, then it kicks off in full. But um, yeah, th- this is kind of interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people are a little bit worried about Microsoft uh, right now with the Activision Blizzard deal that they're you know trying to acquire and and whatnot. In terms of like, I know people are very wary of like, oh, you know, is Xbox becoming a monopoly or not? We answered that in an episode. Us, we finally did it. They've been asking us for so long, and we finally answered it. We gave the d- definitive answer to that question. Um, I'm obviously being facetious, uh, but no, we, we've t- we talked about that pretty much at length. Uh, but I think it's it's good right now to be a little wary of the way uh, Microsoft is conducting its business and the way it's charging for its services. Um, but I think they had a pretty solid response to this. Basically, Diverge reached out to them and and. Uh, Carrie Perez, head of global communications at Xbox, uh, said we stopped our previous introductory offer for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass and are evaluating different marketing promotions for new members in the future. Um, again, I, I think it's it's important and worth it to be um, looking at what Microsoft is doing and looking at what any of these companies are doing for their promotions and whatever. Uh, but it's not unheard of or even unusual for a company to uh, stop offering a promotion. They just, at a certain point, they just do. Right. And I think for a deal as $1 for a month of game pass, like at a certain point, like, yeah, that is an X, like the deal of game pass, it just gets better and better and better. Like I imagine at a certain point, they're going to say, we got to stop doing this. Uh, Peter, you know how easy it is to have, make a new email address. Um, let me try right now. So while you're probably pretty easy, so while you're doing that, 
is oh, I mean, really what? easy to make a new email address. <laughs> um, and like, I'm not saying that everyone did this, but uh, I'm sure they see numbers and I'm sure they see that a lot of the times, like who are people playing these new games? I'm sure they did a cost benefit analysis and were like, a lot of these people are just using this to play a game when it comes out for the first month and then cancel them game pass. Um, I'm sure that's yeah. not everyone. I'm sure for every 10 of those people, one person forgets to cancel and they're on it for another couple months or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm still on the PlayStation uh, the premium, whatever it is, the highest tier of that that I don't use. Yeah, but you got 30 fucking bucks out of it for Chia. That's true, but I don't need to be on the one that gives you the old PlayStation classics. No. I have not touched Ape Escape, so I don't know why I'm there, but I still have it. Um, I saw the auto renew a couple months back, and I got really sad. <laughs> I was like, "There's, That's always there's like, nothing it, I could do about just, this." Um, yeah, but like, I'm sure they see that, and they 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 do that because they noted that it's something that is probably losing the money, and I'm, they're still businesses like. I know it's a great thing for a consumer, but it's still a business and they're still trying to make money. And I'm sure if anything, what does Microsoft want people to do? Play Game Pass. They'll come up with right. something to get people to play Game Pass um, because I guess apparently the awesome catalog of games isn't enough. Hey, uh, for $9 or maybe it's $10, whatever. And it's even less than that if you're just getting Xbox Game Pass, if you don't need Game Pass Ultimate. Um, play Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's pretty good. It's I for nine fucking dollars. It's pretty good, y'all. So um, it's fifteen. I was I looking think. for like a game for my wife to play 15. on Game Pass yeah. uh, this morning, yeah. and I had a bunch of stuff downloaded that you know either she had played in the past or like I thought like she like want to play. Um, turns out all of those games I had downloaded are no longer on Game Pass. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, and like a quite significant amount of them. So then I went um, on the PlayStation Premium, and almost every game that was off of Game Pass was on the Premium <laughs> for PlayStation, which I thought was pretty funny um, in in the in the world we live in. Like uh, one of them was Spirit Fairer. Um, yeah, uh, was was a good one, but awesome, awesome game by the way. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know Claire's uh uh gaming habits at all and i also don't know if this is on console game pass but i'm just scrolling through uh pc game pass right now and um elena got a lot out of frog detective oh okay i'll um, look at that it's it's a three it's three games they're like very very short and simple um uh, the how long to beat thing is three hours for the main story of the in frog detective colon the entire mystery oh. which is all three games. is that anything like frog fractions that's disappointing um, to hear. But Frog Fractions is excellent. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what kind of game she, she's into, but um, uh, she's currently Elena. she's she uh, found Power Wash Simulator, and that is exactly up her alley. That is a good ass game. Um, I don't know how into like Disney she is, but I know that like Disney Dreamlight Valley is like I know a lot of people are like hooked. Well, on that. I mean, she uh, she played a lot of uh, Disney um, uh, Disneyland Adventures. The that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was really into that one. Hasn't really got the bug for Dreamlight Valley yet, but. Um, I'm also, I'm just Wait, browsing. wait, wait, what did you say? She said it was scary. <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley? Yeah. Why was it scary? <laughs> she didn't like the wizard, she said. So if anyone's played the game <laughs> and you think the wizard is no scary. No fucking context <laughs> for that. Um, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I'm also, by the way, scrolling through uh powerful women of game pass it's just like a, a playlist of 
a bunch of different games on here. And, and I, I think this is like a cool thing to include. Um, but it, sometimes it makes me laugh about like the inclusions that are on here. It's so, like, obviously you get, you know, your life is strange, true colors, um, uh, Hellblade, you know, frog D- detective, um, you know, <laughs> my friend, Peppa pig. <laughs> I saw <Question> that. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with Peppa Question pig? That was actually my nephew's first Peepa. video game that he played. Peppa. I've heard this game is great. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, that was the first game he played. He got to customize his character. It looked adorable. Um, I'm not knocking Peppa Pig. I'm just, it's just for like fucking powerful women, <laughs> Peppa Pig. Um, I just realized Peppa Pig was a woman now that we've had this conversation. Psychonauts 2 is on here, and there are like powerful women in the game, but it's uh, interesting. Interesting. I wonder what it qualifies. Because to me, it seems like these are all like protagonists. You can play as women. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Unclear. Is Peppa Pig a woman? I have no idea. I, I just, I'm assuming I, that you said that. Maybe not. I, I, I didn't even know. I, I don't even know what Peppa Pig sounds like. Pippa. She's, uh, they're, I, they're Australian. Oi? Pippa. Oh. They, had to, uh, they had to take an episode off air because um, it, <laughs> it like taught kids that like, hey, spiders are friends. And then like, no, not in Australia. Do, do you remember when I sent you that video about the flying spider currents? And I was like, are these real? And you said yes. And I never want to go to yeah. Australia. Yeah, they are real. I never I never encountered them. I think they're a northern thing. I was in the south. So to be clear, um, they're literally just like spiders that get caught up in updrafts and then the updraft stops and they just fall. Well, you think about like you got a lot of spiders in one place right and you get like really and like they're all like on their webs and whatever and then you get a bunch of wind like fly through the fly through the webs and the webs break and then they all sort of float around and then they come down right and people like walk through those i don't i imagine you would try not to oh gosh i just imagined doing that um i imagine you try not to but um i'll say this about the australians uh they just think a lot of random stuff is very passe that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in Cairns, uh, like the it's it's in uh, Queensland. It's like northeastern. It's where like that you go to, to like swim in the like the the Great Barrier Reef. Um, the uh, at night, flying I don't know maybe twelve to twenty four inches above your head are just giant hordes of like two foot long vampire bats not vampire bats uh flying foxes no and they're cool like that you know they don't bother you they're just they're just flying around and they're just screeching and screaming the whole time and the first night i was there i went into my hotel and i was like hey something is going on <laughs> and they're like what what like i asked like is this is this regular <laughs> and they're like what do you mean <laughs> like they were like like what do you mean by that and i was like okay so the fact that you are completely unfazed by this <laughs> means uh yes this is a regular oh no um yeah so pipa pipa pig um justin that's all i got in terms of the news oh what do you say we, we wrap this this bad boy up yeah, here let's wrap her up actually i know that uh uh people will be upset because you said that you're watching anime or something earlier and then you were like we'll talk about that later and then we didn't so uh tell me about anime oh i mean I'll, like so i just finished watching the season six finale of my hero academia um oh is it good uh i mean it's like setting up it's is it, is it season six good in general oh yeah oh dude 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 season six like it starts off with a war 
and then it ends up a war. Yeah, like between oh. like it it like is one of the most action packed starts to a to a season ever, and like so many heroes get injured, some some main characters die. Um, Whoa! I know, I know. It's it's pretty intense. Which ones? There's fucking a thousand. <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I said main characters in quotes. Yeah, yeah. The listeners weren't able to hear that. Um, but like it, it like goes some pretty awesome places. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was gonna talk a little bit about that, but there's always time to talk about it later. Don't don't you worry. Um, okay. Yeah, then I can talk about Chainsaw maybe. Man too. Did you watch Chainsaw Man? I don't know if I did or not. Maybe maybe that'll be a future episode that we can talk about it. Uh, Justin, right now, did you watch Chainsaw Man? Yes or no? No, I read read the first what? volume. Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's so good. Uh, um, is it? Oh gosh, yeah, you don't like it. <gasps> oh, wait, what happens in the first one? Hold on. In the oh, oh, he's bringing it out. He's bringing it out, pulling it out. Actually, uh, I have two copies of the first one, oh, just in case I need okay. uh, to either lend one to someone or need it on the go. <laughs> wait, um, wait. So you always carry it with you then? I've got I've got copies of the first three. Oh, okay. Uh, two two of the first three. Um. Oh yeah, no. This, you don't like it? He's so boob motivated. I know it has to get better, but he's like, all I want is a good meal and a touch of boobs. Like that's literally. Justin, holy shit. Did you, wait, did you get oh 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 Ye, okay. So the resolution to the boob arc is incredible. Think of what and, you just um, said. Think of what you just said. Justin, I know. <laughs> Justin, I know. I'm not out I'm not I'm not one of those guys out here like defending the fucking boob animes, right? Like I'm not I'm not that's not what I'm doing. Um the resolution to the boob arc is so profound and meaningful that i think about i think about it often okay <laughs> i i think about i think about it often um i could talk about chainsaw man for fucking 9 hours you know what maybe i should actually watch the the first season and which i have purchased by the way you purchased yeah it was like 2 bucks i i i oh. bought it it's 2 bucks um, I don't know what I bought I would, it on, I would, but it's there. I would highly recommend Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that like on its surface, it is like one of those like super like macho edgy manga anime. But I think um, the things that it says about being alive um, are very profound and deeply impactful. Um, and the first season of the show is very good, and it follows the it follows the books pretty pretty closely. I'm sure it does a like. I don't want to be like this guy, but I'm sure it fills some yeah. of the between some of the panels in better ways than the actual manga does. Oh, Justin, I'm so excited to talk more about Chainsaw Man. Maybe we'll do a Patreon exclusive Chainsaw Man only episode. Hey, I, I'm um, on spring break. Maybe this is the week. I mean, it's like what, like nine episodes, ten episodes, twelve Something episodes? Like that, yeah. Now, now that my hero, um, my hero's done, I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I think, I think. Denji as a as a protagonist is so interesting compared to someone like uh, Deku, where like Deku is like, uh, like I think that, I think Denji. Oh fuck! Well, we get. To- 
<laughs> here's my thought and then we'll end our show and then we'll save it for whatever bonus episode we do or whatever we end up talking about this more but like denji i think is such an interesting character because there's so many like of these like pro- like manga protagonists who are all about like i need to be the very best i need to like get to the top of the whatever and denji's just like i just want to eat three meals a day and have a place to sleep and i think that that's very compelling and and then when he when and then when he gets that that met that need met he's like well what now that i kind of have like the basics for living like what do i need like i think i want to touch some boobs and then how that wraps up basics for living (laughs) how that but but how that wraps up justin how that cups out hey is um extremely extremely um profound in my opinion uh Thanks so much for listening to our show. If you have any thoughts about Chainsaw Man, tweet at me. I want to know. I can't stop talking about Chainsaw Man. I can't stop thinking about Chainsaw Man. Here's my Chainsaw Man tattoo. It's, it was a joke. I don't have oh, one. Oh, what if you did? Although, I would. I would, man. I'd make sure. It's I, fucking good. If you did have one, I'd kick flip away from you the first time I saw you. <laughs> ah, I like that. I like that. I actually wrote a piece on Digital Trends about like how I think Chainsaw Man and Resident Evil 4 are uh, a lovely little pairing together. Oh. Oh yeah, and it's more um, more think, than just the hooded chainsaw guys. Yeah, I think I think tonally, in terms of like being goofy while also being like pretty serious and kind of scary sometimes, uh, I think that they they go together pretty well. Um, but that is for another time, another place, another space, like patreoncom pod where one dollar podcast producers uh, can donate a, to us one dollar if they want to. That I said that all backwards. If you got one dollar a month that you want to give to us become a, a, a podcast producer or if you've got three dollars a month and want your name right on the show like jay noel and dave parker or and or want um our 30 minute additional bonus episodes published every single week uh you know where to find that patreon.com slash hitbox pod join our discord server link to that is in the description of this episode uh follow us on twitter at hitbox pod review the podcast on your podcast player am i missing anything justin uh, no, you're you're not missing a single note. You've hit every note perfectly. In fact, you got an S rank on that uh, encounter. Whoa! Yeah, that was a reference uh, to High Five Rush. Justin, to quote Chainsaw Man, are you just opening a random page? I want to touch some boobs. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>